Hi, everyone. This is Jenny Rivera, and welcome to Episode 5 of the Speak Up by Avalon Bay podcast. I am joined today by Joby Doffick and Jackie Tedesco, two women who I'm honored to call friends as well as co-workers. Today, we are going to be talking about some of the things we started doing in 2020 that we want to keep doing in 2021 and beyond. I think everyone can agree that 2020 brought its fair share of challenges, both professionally and personally. But throughout all of it, we kept hearing from people that they were discovering things that they hadn't tried before or rediscovering things they used to enjoy, things that brought them joy, brought them closer to their families, things that they want to keep doing even when the pandemic is over. So we decided to survey the members of our Women's Leadership Network here at Avalon Bay. We have over 250 members, both men and women, across the country, and we loved reading their responses. They were thoughtful and funny, and we learned some interesting things about our members. We looked at the responses and saw that there were six general categories. And today we are going to share some of those stories, some of our personal experiences, and hopefully you will walk away either saying, yes, I want to keep doing that too, or maybe I want to try that this year. So with that, I am going to turn it over to Jackie to start us with our countdown of the six most popular things our members want to keep doing in 2021. Thank you, Jenny. I appreciate that. Yes, I am going to kick us off with the last item that appeared on our survey, least popular, so to speak, is family time, which I smiled at because I know how much Throughout my career at Avalon Bay, I've been aspiring to get more balance in my life and more family time. So in this area, I wanted to share Lindsay Romano's comment. She said, you know, prior to the pandemic, she would spend three hours a day commuting into New York City. With that found time, she's been able to take morning walks in her neighborhood and listen to podcasts, including our very own Speak Up podcast. I have also deepened my love for home organizing and I'm very proud of my pantry. Most importantly, it's all the time I get to spend with my twins, my three-year-old boys, Chase and Ethan. On the work front, Zoom calls have allowed us to stay connected and get to know each other on a more personal level. Our team is spread out across the country, and it's been great to get to know everyone better. I really love this comment by Lindsay. I know her well. Uh, We're on the same team in asset management, and the wonderful thing about what we've done within our group within our own regions is taking that time to connect with one another and also check in with one another about how things are going on the home front, whether somebody has a family at home or perhaps is single and doesn't have family nearby. It's been really impactful to really pause as we connect with one another and talk about these things. You know, on the family time front, it's myself and my husband and my son that live here full-time. My daughter is at school in Oregon. She was home for the first three months of the pandemic, and it really was wonderful. When I think back, it does feel like almost a year ago, which it was now almost a year ago. She got home on March 16th, the day before the shelter-in-place here in the Bay Area, and immediately we went into the mode of having dinners together and taking walks, not every night. I'm the one the one that brings regularity to the walking scene with the family. But Jenny, Joey, did you have anything that you wanted to share? I do. So I live with my husband and my, my two young boys. They are eight and 11. And the family dinners have been so much fun. 
And we used to have every single night booked with sports and Cub Scouts. And there every single square on our calendar that's in the kitchen was filled up. And I was looking back at the calendar when it ended this year. And it was so funny because as of March, those squares just became empty. And we filled those nights with longer family dinners. We weren't rushed. And then each person got to pick something that night for the family to do. So it was usually a different board game. It could be watching something on TV. It could be going on a night walk. But it was it was so much fun to have everyone. Everyone knew it was their night. So they got to plan what, what we were going to do that night. And it was really fun. What about you, Jopi? You know, I'd love to share as well. It is uh, myself and my husband, Scott, and our dog, Bodie. And I want to give a big shout out to many of the folks who have pets and who have really connected and, and enjoyed spending the time with their pets as well. And I can tell you that my husband and I and Bodie took many walks together that we didn't take in the past. We've really enjoyed having the time to take those walks, whether it was both in the morning and at night. And I think that I can say we're spoiled being able to spend so much time together. And I want to make sure that I'm not taking it for granted. And I think 2020 has really helped me with that in stepping back and recognizing and appreciating and being grateful for all of the time that I have been able to spend with both my husband and our, and our dog. That's great, Joey. Thank you for sharing. And you too, Jenny. I love the comment about family game night. One of our favorites. Okay. I don't know how I'm going to rank them because we're talking about ranking. We have Quirkle. I don't know if any of you have played Quirkle, but that's really fun. And maybe fun for me because I won quite a few of those games against my <laughs> husband. And, and then the other is uh, I'm learning how to play cribbage. Next up, the next category that had uh, some interest was time management. And I will go on to read another comment, which really resonated with me as well. This one's from, from Mercedes Siegfrieds. And she says, I started going on daily walks to spend time in nature. It's allowed me to clear my head and bring joy into my day. During quarantine, my family and I started a tradition of hiking at state parks. It's on our bucket list to visit all of the state parks in the DMV. Professionally, I started putting focus time on my calendar. It's really helped add the buffer time I need to think and catch my breath in between meetings and being inundated with calls and emails. So a few people I work with know that I also found focus time. It took about, I don't know, six months or so for me to find that uh, this year. And I have incorporated it into my calendar as well. So I'm really grateful to see that feature pop up in Outlook and highly recommend it. Seeing it's the visual, I think, seeing the green space, that's how it shows up on my calendar. And it really does force me to not schedule so many meetings, especially the, this last quarter of the year. We've had a lot of obligations and commitments you know, on the office front. So I think that really helped me a lot with time management. Uh, the other aspect of time management I need to give a little bit of credit to is my husband. He is so good about starting at a certain time and stopping work at a certain time while we work from home. So how about you, Joey? Did you want to add anything on the time management front or Jenny? You know, I did find 2020 what really focused me on time management because I did find that I could work more than I should work. 
And so it was very important to take a step back and put some time management tips in and tricks in place. And one of them for me, it took me a while to realize this, but having my office in a separate building where it's actually in our garage and turning off my computers, walking out the door, closing the door after me became a time-honored tradition that helped me to separate. When I was done with work, I walked away from it. I went into the house. I was now part of my family and enjoying after-work time. So that in itself was having that routine to be able to sort of close the office day and walk away just like I would if I was in my office. So I found that very helpful. Vinny, any tips or tricks that you wanted to share? One of the things that I noticed from the survey that really resonated with me was sort of this blending of personal and professional time and allowing yourself to to maybe take take 30 minutes and go take the dog on a walk during the day when you have a break. Or if there's something else that you really need to do, working it into your schedule during the day instead of, you know, waiting until, you know, six o'clock at night to do it or waiting for the weekend to do it. I'm still getting all of my work done, but there's just a level of stress that went away from some of the personal things that I needed to get done too, if I could incorporate some of those into my schedule. So that has been very helpful. That's great, Jenny. So next up, we have a couple of categories that Joby, I think you're going to cover for us. I sure am. So the first category that I have the great opportunity to cover is cooking. 16% of our respondents spoke about cooking, provided some um, comments and some tips about cooking. And we all love food. And we all love to talk about food and to talk about cooking. But I really wanted to talk about some ways that cooking helped us in 2020. And some of them really resonated with me. But they also, there were a few that once you hear them, I think they'll resonate with you as well. So First, there was the cooking because the restaurants were closed. So many of our um, folks picked up cooking out of necessity and then found that they reconnected with it, whether they loved it um, prior to the pandemic and just didn't have the time to focus on it, or it allowed people to learn to cook who may not had great cooking skills before. Another thing is that people had an opportunity and some time to take online cooking classes. But cooking itself, it became an outlet. It became a safe haven. It became a way to connect with your family and share the cooking experience with your whole family and your kids. And it became a learning experience. And last but certainly not least, it was a money saver because so many of us and so many of our folks who responded, we spent a lot of time eating at restaurants prior to the pandemic because it was easy and it was quick. I have a couple of comments um, that I would like to share um, from some of our folks. The first one, I really um, enjoyed this comment and you'll see at the very end of it. Uh, Maureen Karpowitz, she implemented meal planning 10 to 14 days in advance of the meal. What a great idea. And she did it to cut down the number of trips that she had to make to the store. 
So there were a couple of reasons for it. One is that then she was able to plan around it, but also to limit her exposure, those shopping trips, of course. But she also said that her family became much more thoughtful about eating leftovers and that when they did waste food, they would actually call it out and call the time of death 12.08 p.m. when they tossed it into the trash. And I love that. I love that it was very intentional. I love Maureen's sense of humor with this, but also it really stuck with me about my own activities and my own habits. And when I go to throw something out to really stop and think about it. So it was almost a mindfulness technique, as well as just a great sense of humor that she threw in there. Also, Sophia, she wrote to us that she found cooking healthy meals and eating out less was a great way to focus on a healthier lifestyle. And I think so many of us um, have thought about that throughout 2020, but she really put it into action. And then one last comment before I turn it over to both of you is that Lauren, she loved the pandemic because it actually created more outdoor dining experiences that weren't available prior and more opportunities for drive up or curbside, which weren't available prior to the pandemic. Hi, everyone. This is John Cove, Senior Director of Benefits and Payroll. I wanted to remind you today that Vita Health, Avalon-based lifestyle coaching program, is available to you and your dependents completely free of charge. Vita's coaches can help you develop an exercise and or weight loss program, design a meal plan that works for you, provide resiliency coaching and stress management techniques, and even help you sleep better. To get started, visit vita.com slash Avalon Bay or search for the Vita Health app on the Apple App Store or Google Play. So great, great feedback and great um, comments about cooking. How about you, Jackie? How about you, Jenny? Yeah, I'm happy to jump in. I smiled about one of the comments you were reading, and I was thinking, tying it back to the family time. So our tradition around the holidays is the weekend after Thanksgiving, we would get together at either my house or my aunt's house and bake our traditional Spanish cookies. They're called Montegaos, and they're really good. They're anise-based, but they're so not healthy for you. You use lard and bourbon or sherry, I don't know, all, all kind, lots of sugar, and but they're so tasty. So that tradition, we, again, thanks to the help of Zoom and my sister who had a laptop that worked, uh, we were able to still get together while she was at my aunt's house. And uh, I added a new twist this year, not to make it sound like I drink a lot of alcohol, but we kicked it off with drinking some delicious gin fizz drinks. So that's one of the cooking tips I'll, I'll add to this conversation. How about you, Jenny? I love that, Jackie. We're, we're going to need that cookie and gin fizz recipe, the recipes for the show notes. Yes, good idea. You know, for us, we loved it. We've always loved to cook at home. So it was funny because my husband said at the beginning of this, I feel like we have been training for this pandemic for the last five years. So cooking for us just became a lot more of it, I guess, since we were, every meal was happening at home. And it's been really fun to start cooking with my, with my 11 year old. He's, he says he's just perfected tacos and he's very excited about it. But I think for me with cooking, it's really been just about doing it, starting to do it with the boys, Mm -hmm. having a little bit more time to maybe start something a little bit earlier in the day that I wouldn't be able to otherwise, turning on the oven. 
which has been a, a real benefit for me from from working from home. So that's what cooking has meant to our family. Well, thank you, Jackie. Thank you, Jenny. And I did want to add one other experience that I've had that actually is going to segue into our next um, topic. But this crosses over between this category, cooking, and our next topic, which is actually going to be Zoom, Zoom meetings, is I had the wonderful opportunity twice this year to participate in a mixology class put on by one of the top bartenders in Atlanta. In fact, she was named Atlanta's top bartender for 2019. And she gave a class and taught us all of the techniques about making a drink. And we actually had two different sessions that I was able to participate in. And it was so fun. And I learned so much. And without the pandemic, I don't think I would have ever even considered mixology class, whether it was Zoom or not. And I, so I feel like in the cooking realm and, and in the Zoom realm, it really was a fun way to connect the two together. So we're going to segue right into our next category. Next up is Zoom and Zoom meetings and all things Zoom. 21% of our folks responded with some sort of Zoom activity. And we use Zoom for a lot of things these days. Prior to the pandemic, we had only just started hearing about Zoom. Maybe we used WebEx, Web, maybe we used some other type of meeting, but Zoom was coming online. It was new to us. Some of us were even hesitant to turn on that video. Those days are over. We're all about Zoom now. We use Zoom to connect with our teams. We use Zoom to reconnect with our families. We use Zoom to celebrate. We would be lost without it. Zoom has become the pandemic's social network. So Amy Rawlings uses it to connect and problem solve. And I love that. Michelle Leone uses it. She loves it because it saves paper. And we love that too. And Charlize Carter, she hosted her very first virtual family reunion for her grandmother's 96th birthday. That was a multi-generational Zoom. And we're finding so many ways in our lives to use Zoom that we would have never, ever considered before. Exercise classes over Zoom, Zoom happy hours, Zoom cooking, as we talked about, even Zoom support, which we have not used in the past. And one thing I also wanted to call out is the opportunity for us to put names to faces that we haven't had that opportunity in the past. And I think that it's really, uh, whether it's um, with our families or with our friends or with our coworkers or with our vendors, we've created stronger bonds because we've been able to connect with not just the voices on the phone, but with our faces and our expressions and feeling like we're in the space with them and sharing the experience with them at the same time. So I'd love to throw this over to you, Jenny, and to you, Jackie, for your thoughts. I agree with you about about seeing people. You know, all three of us work on the West Coast, and our headquarters and a lot of the people that we work with are on the East Coast. And I feel like I see them so much more often now, and we have a deeper relationship because we're looking at each other when we're talking versus being on the phone. And I think this organization was pretty hesitant 
that people were hesitant to be on camera before we didn't use video. And so I feel like it's pushed us all to get comfortable with it quickly, but then just realize what, what the benefits are. So I am all for keeping Zoom as part of our part of our work and personal life. What about you, Jackie? Yeah, I, I would agree on both fronts on the on the personal front and another story I'll share over the holidays. As we know, Italy was you know, one of the first countries to really be impacted by the pandemic. And my father-in-law, he's from Italy. And, and so we would hear from our cousins over there about you know how things were going. We were learning from them along the way. So on Christmas, we were able to zoom in my father-in-law, George's uh, nieces and nephews. And he was just thrilled and fascinated. And one other thing I want to mention on the professional front, I remember early on when we were talking about this and gathering our IND Council and Women's Leadership Network, we were talking about how to uh, make a lemonade out of these lemons that that we've been dealt. And, and one thing that we really focused on was finding opportunities for people to shine on this platform, people whose voices potentially we don't normally hear. And I saw so much of that during 2020. And I couldn't be prouder of the people who did step up and, and host conversations and who brought people together. And I love that, Jackie. And I agree with you. I was so impressed with the way that our our teams came together and supported each other. And Zoom was such an important vehicle for that to happen. But to see that, to see the empathy, to see the caring, to see the sharing, all that went on throughout the year made me very proud. Proud of my team, proud of our families, proud of everyone for being courageous and being caring. And I love that Zoom gave us that opportunity too. I agree. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to you, Jenny, and you're going to be able to take us home with the top two categories. Thank you, Joby. Our next category, we're calling it self-improvement and mindfulness. And 37% of our respondents said that this was something that they definitely want to continue moving forward. You know, self-improvement and mindfulness can mean a lot of different things. And I'd like to share a couple of the comments that that we received. The first one was from Melissa Maxwell, who said that she had had enough of Netflix and she decided to go back to school to finish her degree. And I thought that was so great that she decided to take that extra time that she had and, and finish something that she'd wanted to do for a long time. Naomi Navar also said that every day uh, when she got up in the morning, she set an intention for the day and also thought about what she's grateful for each morning. And Jessica Duran also just focused on reminding herself that she is doing her best. And I know that sometimes we we wait for someone to tell us that we're doing a good job or we're doing enough. And I've found that when I give myself that extra boost and I allow myself to not be so tough, and yes, it is hard to do everything perfectly right now, but we are doing our best and we are enough. And for me, I've taken up journaling again. I feel like I have tried journaling so many times and then I've stopped, but I found that if every morning I just write a couple pages in my journal and get out everything that was in my head it just starts a better day for me. I also, similar to Naomi, 
my family and I talk about what we're grateful for before we go to bed. And I find that I just have a better night's sleep when I end the day thinking about all the really good things in my life. And then also, I guess the the final thing for me is just allowing myself to rest. There's so much to do at work and at home with the kids. And on the weekends, I feel like that's the time where I always have this long list of things that I want to get done. And especially right now, I need to let myself do nothing sometimes and just rest and recharge and tell myself, you know what, this is okay. I need this. And it's going to give me the energy to be there and be present when I when I need that energy. So that's been really helpful for me. Joby, Jackie, what about you? Now, Jenny, I love the part about just resting. And I love the um, part about being good enough right then. You know, one thing that I've been practicing and has made such a difference for me, and it's on the mindfulness side, but it's not meditation. It's every morning I get up 15 minutes early, but I don't get out of bed 15 minutes early. And in the past, I would have. I would have jumped out. I would have started the coffee. I would have gone and started the routine of getting ready for work. But instead, I just stay there and take a few moments to be think about what I'm grateful for, spend some extra time with my family, don't rush around, take that extra time to ease into the day and think about it. And, and think at that moment, think, I don't need to be doing anything else at this moment. And it took a while for me to be okay with that. And once I was, I would not give up those 15 minutes for anyone at any time because it really just changes my whole day. And I really appreciate it. I love that, Joby. What about you, Jackie? I think about the mindfulness aspect of what we're talking about here and and do reflect on meditation that I my daughter, Juliana, had encouraged me to think about meditation because my sleep was disrupted more than normal. And she had recommended that. And she sent me a couple of tips in that area. Another person, a coworker had mentioned starting meditation during the pandemic. And I really honed in on that when he mentioned how it made an impact on his life. Thank you. All right. Well, let's let's talk about our last category, which was also our most popular with 50% of our respondents saying that this is something that they wanted to continue and it's exercise, or maybe it's more specifically the daily walk, which I know you've already heard in some of the comments mentioned, but Liz Smith really summed it up for me in her comment. She said, walking, I walk to clear my head, to exercise, to listen to podcasts, to talk with my family, to get outside, to get a change of scenery, to observe nature. I have invested in cold weather outerwear, so I have no excuses to keep walking through the end of 2020 and well into 2021 and beyond. And that walk has become more than just exercise for so many people, including me. I take a daily walk with uh, with my dog, Tico. And I listen to podcasts. I call my mom and we connect on that walk. I say hello to my neighbors. I feel like it's my my water cooler social hour because I see the same people out there and we stop for a minute, of course, six feet apart. And we chat about, you know, the weather. And then on the weekends, I walk with the boys and we turn it into an adventure. Sometimes it's a scavenger hunt. 
the other day we were walking by a neighbor's house and they had a ping pong table outside with a for sale sign on it. And I stopped and I said, I'm sorry, I don't have any cash. And he said, the owner said, well, do you have Venmo? So five minutes later, we're pushing this ping pong table up as, you know, at the end of our walk up this hill, which was probably a very funny sight. But now the boys say that walks are even better because you end up with ping pong tables. And so that has been really great. And then also, you know, that walk in the morning for me, I feel like it's sort of that, that commute time that I don't have right now. It's that time that sort of gets me ready for the day. And when I come back after it, I'm ready to, I'm ready to change modes and go from family mode to work mode. And that transition time has been really helpful. Jackie, Joby, what about you? Yeah, Joby, I'll jump in. Uh, you know, all three of us have dogs. My dog's name is Buster. He will be, or he actually just turned 10 years old this past year. And he still has the spirit of a puppy out on walks. He uh, can pull me up the most steepest hill with just such great energy. And we have explored the neighborhood, uh, found trails that I didn't know existed and with beautiful views. And, you know, people are really careful in my neighborhood as well, you know, Jenny, with keeping the social distance and, and very respectful about wearing masks or covering up when they come within a distance of somebody else. So everything that Liz said and more, you know, podcasts, having conversations with friends and family. In fact, I, a girlfriend of mine who never walked at night, now she and I connect at least once a week. I've encouraged her to go out for a walk so we can connect for that 30 minutes or so. So I'm a huge fan, have always been, and will continue to be as well. Joby, how about you? And I'm a huge fan as well, Jackie. And I've even had the opportunity on a few occasions to go for a walk and have a meeting at the same time. And I know that Jenny's smiling right now because we used to walk around the building in Irvine in the afternoon and solve the world's problems on our little walks. And I feel that connection when I'm out walking, whether I've been able to walk during a meeting or in the morning, every morning, I take Bodie, our dog, out for a 15-minute walk in the dark. And I marvel at the stars and I marvel at the sounds that I get to hear in the morning as the world is waking up. And I, I too cherish that opportunity. Thank you both. I, I love your stories. And I have to say that probably my favorite of all of the comments that we saw about exercise was finding out that Kate Brown walks eight miles three times per week. And I just, I aspire to be like you, Kate, if you are listening. So thank you all. I'm going to turn it over to Joby to finish up. Thank you so much, Jenny. And thank you, Jackie. This has been so wonderful to have the opportunity to take a look at 2020 and really talk about some positive things that have come out of such a challenging year. I would like to encourage our listeners to share their ideas as well. If you have a story or a tip that you would like to share, you can drop us a line at speakuppodcast at abalambay.com. Stay tuned for our next episode, where our topic will be navigating work and home as a single parent. Thank you. 
All statements expressed on this podcast are those of the participants only and not of Avalon Bay communities. Avalon Bay and the Women's Leadership Network reserve all rights to this podcast and its contents. This podcast is copyrighted and may not be reused or rebroadcast without permission.